Welcome home. A podcast by Taku. You can't do everything yourself. Teamwork makes the dreams work. Hang in there, baby. What other sayings are there that I can spit top of the dome? No, these are like sayings that like for me kind of summarize how I work, especially musically. You know, I know I can't do everything myself because, you know, for those that don't know, when I first started making music, I was, I was just sampling music. I wasn't making music. I was chopping up samples. I was like digging for records at my local record store for like in a $3 bin. Back then it was like $3. Now the bin's like five bucks, like 10 bucks. I should change that to the $10 it's not a bin anyway. It's not a, a bin is where trash goes. <laughs> Back then anyway, like you'd have like these dollar, $2 records that would sit in the bin. It would be like Burt Bacharach would make an appearance all the time, like a Sesame Street jazz record will, will end up there. Hokey poke, like folk records will end up there. And those were the things I would just buy and just sample and make terrible beats out of. And then, you know, you started making my own money and buying more expensive records and getting into, you know, disco, funk, soul, and just chopping records up even more. You know, I was a big fan of like Jay Dilla, Premier, Ninth Wonder, Mad Lib. But I always knew that I had like a ceiling. You know, I didn't think I was, I could never be like one of these producers that just walk into the room and start playing the piano and being like, you feeling that? You you liking that? And I just knew that like I, I could I could try to learn to be one of those dudes, but I didn't have the, the time or the drive to, to be one of those people. So, you know, I'm I'm with me when I came up, it was just like timing, momentum and like being extremely motivated. And the timing aspect of like when SoundCloud popped off and I was part of the SoundCloud era, that was just good timing for me. But again, I knew that I couldn't, you know make music like some of my peers that are just like gifted musically and could play instruments and know how to play the piano, the bass, the drums. Like I have no musical background whatsoever or musical, you know, education. It's just Filipino Maori kid in his bedroom learning how to flip samples. But I guess it's like, this is the, the preamble to this episode is that that's what our next guest is really showing me that you can collaborate with people and work with people that, you know, are, are specialists of what they do and are amazing creatives and the best of what they do and create something way more rich than you would ever do by yourself. And I, I think that goes across any medium, you know. I mean, for the most part, you know, creating individually is special, but there's something about building a team or working with a team of people that each individually have their own strength and their own creative you know outlook and then just making this end product that is just way more intricate and interesting than if it just came from one person that's my opinion anyway you know i feel like the more i grow as a creative the more i realize that it's less about me and more about you know creative collective because art is like to be enjoyed by everyone so it should be made by everyone 
you know. So our next guest is like really special to me. He's he's the person that's really helped me bring my music to a more musical level. And I always had this like in like this inferiority complex when I was coming up as a beat maker that I was just, you know, never at that level. I was like the lower level <laughs> of musician. I was like, yeah, I was like the the one dollar or two dollar vinyl bin at the record store, just sitting in the corner. I was the Bert backrack. No, that's that is extremely insensitive to Sir Bert. I'm not sure if he's knighted, but with a name like Backrack, I'm sure he is. But you know, this next episode is special to me. We talked to Matt McWaters, someone who really has helped me take ideas in my head, bring them to life, and then just take them even further. So I hope you enjoy this next episode with a good friend of mine and executive producer of my upcoming project, Matt McWaters. Matt McWaters. I don't know why I whispered that one, but yeah, here we go. So our next guest is a very special one. Someone that's, you know, means a lot to me and a lot to the project that's coming up later this year. I can't remember even how we met, but all I do know is that uh, I feel like he's my musical soulmate. I hope my wife isn't listening. No, I'm just kidding. You know, there's a lot of times I've said in the early of my career that I'm just super limited when it comes to musical ability. And, you know, at the truest sense of the word, I'm actually a bedroom producer. You know, I grew up chopping up records and, you know, dicing things up and sampling, and I never knew how to play a musical instrument once. So our next guest is, you know, in my opinion, someone to definitely watch out for and someone that's been at the heart of, you know, the last few projects I've been working on, one that's coming up. And just a really nice guy because he's from Canada. So they say Canadians are like the American Australians. So do with that what you will. But yeah, a big warm welcome to the homie, Matt McWaters. How you going, man? Yeah, I'm doing great. That was a really warm uh, welcoming. I appreciate that. It is. Yeah, it's an Australian welcoming and a, a Canadian. So it's like super warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works really well. If you were Canadian, you would have had to throw an apology in there somewhere. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> I'm sorry for being so nice. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so Matt, I think like I know who you are, obviously, but for those that yeah. are listening to the podcast, if you had to just tell them who you are and what you do, uh, for instance, like, you know, when our parents ask us, you know, what do you, what do you do all the time, Matt? Or like, you know, what, 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 <laughs> yeah. what, what do you tell people like as an artist, as someone that has, also this other world, you know, in the secular, you know, outside of music, what do you do? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm a, I'm a producer and a singer-songwriter from Toronto, Canada, right, as you mentioned. And uh, I have a day job, you know, as they say. And so I'm a programmer, but, you know, my passion is music. Not to uh, say anything bad about work, but, you know, we've uh, been working for five years at the same company, and producing for 12. So you know where, you know, where I lie, where I sit there. Right. Yeah. And so you said you're a, um, your job was a, where did, sorry, what was it? Oh, I'm a, I'm a programmer. Programmer. So I went to school right. for it as well. Yeah. 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 So I've been, I've been producing for, oh, I don't know, 12, 13 years. I remember picking up FL Studio when I was maybe 15 and just realizing, oh my gosh, there's, there's so much you can do sitting in your bedroom, like you mentioned. And, uh, yeah, here I am now. It's been like quite a ride. Yeah, amazing. I think like a, that's where a lot of it starts for us. Where 
you know, I wasn't a programmer. I was a, you know, insurance salesman, a lot less gra- yeah. glamorous, but like, it's just the grind, right? Like you need to figure out how you're going to survive. <laughs> and it normally means, you know, having an education and starting a job, but then, you know, music always kind of exists in the background all the time. And it's, yeah, yeah. I, I feel, I feel the same way you do. There's something about music. It, it's no, it's nothing I would ever want to give up. It's, it's pretty much my forever passion. And I knew that as like, you know, throughout high school, university, when there's something that you keep up with all that time, you know, it's something you're going to keep for the rest of your life. You'll do anything to support it. And I'm actually quite lucky that being a programmer, I can have a good like work-life separation and I can work from home. And, and I, I actually, I think I'm very fortunate to be in this industry because it's very, it's very good industry to be in now. And it's especially good when, you know, I have also a studio in my apartment so I can go from programming to writing music fairly easily. And that's been very good. That's been really good the past five years. Yeah. The work from home kind of like, it's now the work from home pandemic <laughs> where yeah. employees are just like, you know, it's, I think it's more reasonable and probably productive to work from home. It's so much different from when I was like, you know, discovering music when I had a job where it was like you had this nine to five that you literally had to go to. And I just couldn't wait to like take off the suit and tie and get home and just, you know, chop up music and, and, and make beats. And I think it's funny now, you know, you could just do it straight away from home yeah you know there's something to that i i remember when i because i obviously i've been working since before covid and there's something to that feeling of not being able to do what you want that really drives you to like you said want to take the suit and tie off and rush home to do it and i i'll be honest i do miss that feeling a little bit of being at the office and thinking oh my gosh i can't wait to try all these ideas i have so, you know, there's, I think there's benefits both ways of like being in the office and being at home because there's something nice to like longing for the ability to produce and write. I think so, right? Like I think I did that this kind of speaks to the world we're living in now. Like back in the day, I remember when I was at work and I would literally, you know, at nighttime, I would just make as many beats as I could. And it was like, you know, after dinner yeah. from maybe like 9, 9 p.m. to like 2 a.m. Right. And then I have to be at work at like 8.30 a.m. So I'd already be tired and I'd, I'd come in late. And literally my, my work day would be like checking emails and replying to SoundCloud comments all day <laughs> for like, for like the last year of my work at, uh, at this place. And if, you know, I, I wasn't a good employee, I swear. And I feel, really, oh, no. I feel really bad about it, but you know, it's just, I guess that's why I left, you know, I was like, I don't know if I really want to keep doing this and music was just calling me to like come on let's try something and so the last year at my work i was just not a model employee that's well but yeah. i got a lot, got a lot of like soundcloud timing which is good <laughs> oh my gosh soundcloud yeah you were you were during the the heyday there i wasn't exactly on soundcloud when you were popping off as much but mm. that was I a golden era for sure could, yeah oh my gosh what a time because the the comments, the the aspect of like the social aspect of it was just unbelievable. You don't really don't really have that with Spotify, mind you. I love Spotify as well, but definitely different. Yeah, the like the virality of of SoundCloud back then is almost like comparative to to what TikTok is like now, or like Instagram Reels, where mm-hmm. you know you just upload stuff all the time, and 
you know, some will do really well, some will do okay, but there's some that, you know, you could upload and it would just, you know, get so many plays overnight and people would really engage with it. And I think it was just like a very feverish time, that SoundCloud era. But it was, you know, yeah. it was good timing. I think it's, you know, and it's tough now for people to kind of break out because they don't, there's not that gateway anymore. Everything is a little bit different, algorithm driven, playlist driven. So, yeah, I was fortunate to to pop off <laughs> during that time because I feel <laughs> yeah, like anyone, honestly, anyone could, anyone could have, because if I could have, anyone could have. And I just, oh, no, got, I don't just, that. just timing. No, it's just timing. <laughs> yeah, timing. The music matters though. The music always matters. And mm. uh, yeah, you, you built a name for yourself. So. Oh, thanks, man. But uh, that's uh, yeah, so it's Matt, Matt McWhorter's interviewing Taku for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I wanted to ask you, bro. Like, obviously, you know, you're from Toronto, and I've been I've been to Toronto a couple of times, and I honestly feel like Toronto is a beautiful city and just full of amazing creatives. You know, growing up in I'm not sure if you grew up in Toronto, but from being there and your history, what's like your musical history like? So when did you kind of like fall in love with music, and has Toronto kind of like helped shape? The musician that you are yeah those are great questions too i remember when i was four years old i always tell this story because it's so cute but when i was four years old you know you have the, your teacher goes around asking everyone to draw what they want to be when they're when they grow up mm. and i remember i drew me sitting on a piano in front of like an audience and i think i've let go of the the part of me that like wants to be famous or whatever you know i was four years old but that dream of wanting to be a pianist and just loving music, I mean, that's always been in me. And uh, in fact, the teacher, one of my teachers would play classical music in class while we worked. And they, <laughs> when they stopped playing it, they couldn't get me to stop humming it. They would actually have to tell my parents that he won't stop humming the classical music. <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's always been there. <laughs> you can imagine. That's, you still got that for, um, that drawing? Oh, I... Oh, it, 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 it you should find it because that's like attic. when you drop your debut album, that's the artwork, you know? Yeah, that is such a, that is such a great idea. Or just oh, get some really kid on the street to redraw it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we don't have, we got that part out, you know? Yeah. That's, the, that's the gold ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. And then growing up, like being in Toronto, does, how did you kind of you know, keep fueling that, that passion for music? Was it through your, your yeah, family I, or friends? Actually, yeah, before that, so my my grandmother, she she wasn't like an artist, but she you know she had a, a beautiful piano in her apartment, and she had a beautiful voice, and she would always sing to us and play, and uh, I think that also inspired me. So I started by taking lessons, and I wasn't as I wasn't as like you know practiced as most kids were. I was very young, like taking lessons at like six years old, so I dropped it, but I got back into it in high school. And it's, it, it, you ask about Toronto, it's hard to say how it influenced me because I always feel like I've been a very, very much like a in my bedroom doing my own thing kind of kid. Mm. But as I'm growing up now, I'm like reaching out more into the underground Toronto music scene. And it's been really lovely connecting with the people around me, like local musicians, local instrumentalists. And yeah, Toronto's definitely shaping me more now than it ever has. So kind of in a backwards way. Right. Toronto is definitely, yeah, one of those cities that have become like a, you know, a cultural hub. You know, back in the day, it was like LA, New York, London. And Toronto is like moving in there due to one individual, which we will not name <laughs> on this podcast. Nah, I love Drake. But um, yeah, I think it's like a very interesting, you know, scene. And I think, you know, that kind of opens up to like how I, I met you 
and it was through other Canadian artists, you know, shout outs to Kerry. If you haven't listened to Kerry's music or know who Kerry is, definitely check him out because he's another amazing artist with, you know, a lot of self-drive. A lot of the guests I've had on this podcast, Matt, like yourself and uh, and Kerry, have like this amazing ability just to kind of like create art for themselves and put it out there, you know, which I think is like independently, which is like really hard to do these days. And I remember we were kind of like chatting and he's like, oh, I have a friend, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, if this is how it works, but I have a friend who's just like a musical genius along those lines. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yes, we should start making music together. And then I think that's how I met you online. And we just started kind of like sharing demos and you shared all your demos. And I was like, really blown away at the, like the sonics you know quality of it but also like just how it felt it just felt very extremely soulful and like heartfelt and i think that's right. where 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 it started when we kind of like just started sharing demos together yeah i remember specifically actually i ha- i would w- i went to visit carrie and i stayed with him for a week and we were just working on music for no purpose, you know, and sometimes that's the best, right? There's no reason. You're just working on music. And uh, actually, I think I was there visiting his roommate, but Carrie and I really connected. And we came out of the trip with like maybe 10 demos, which is, it's a lot for just coming to hang out and randomly working on music. Mm. And we, I think he said, oh, I, you know, I know Taku through, we had met online. And he said, oh, I'll send him some of these demos. And that, that, that was the moment where I think you came back and you said, wow, these are great. I'd love to connect about, you know, chatting more about this and yeah ever since we we've sent stuff back and forth but uh yeah it's, 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 it sounds so simple but like yeah it's it's crazy how things happen because you know one thing about me and i said this at the outset of the podcast you know i mean i, I as a musician i i wouldn't even deem myself as a musician i would deem myself as mm. a, you know strictly a producer and then lately more of like an executive producer helping A&R other records, but also mm. a and my own music in a sense because a lot of the stuff that you hear on recent projects and the, and the big project coming up that you're like intertwined and you have, you know, Matt McWaters is part of the DNA of that project. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of things that I can't do, you know. Do you ever, do you know, remember like, uh, Ryan Leslie? Do you remember him? Ryan Leslie, no, I yeah. don't think I do. He's like, he was like Pharrell Williams, light. <laughs> that's terrible. Oh, that's, <laughs> no, a, that's a big he, compliment. He wasn't. Yeah, it is exactly. Yeah, thank you, Matt. It is a big compliment because no, you know Pharrell Williams is just like this, you know, mammoth of a of a figure. It's true, yeah. Um, but Ryan Leslie, without taking anything away from him, he was an amazing, you know, producer too. But he just didn't go on the same trajectory as Pharrell. But he had this clip, right, where he would walk into the studio and just start playing the piano, put that on loop, and then he would go play the drums, put that on loop, and then uh, he would start, like, shaking this maraca. And I can't even yep. do a maraca. I get the timing wrong. But, like, it just <laughs> whenever I saw stuff like that, I was just like, man, I'm so jealous. I can't, I can't get these ideas that I have in my head and put them out like that instantly like this guy can. And I think when I met you... I kind of really yeah. embrace the fact that, you know, hey, Matt, I have these sketches I and I want it to feel like X and you would take it away and make it feel like triple X. <laughs> so I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just making these analogies up as I go, but you, you no, would but just like take, I do, yeah. you know, I would, I would give you like a really terrible like, you know, rundown of like, I just need this to be like X, Y, and Z. And then you would just take it mm-hmm. away 
and you would bring it back and I would just be blown away of where you would take it because you would take it where I wanted it to go and then and then just, you know, take it even further and blow my mind. And I think that was like the beginning of our relationship working, you know, quite closely on music together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but I just wanted to let the people know that that's as as a producer for me, who's extremely limited working with like amazing musicians like yourself has just opened up a new world of making yeah, it's art. Been, yeah. It's been amazing actually. I mean, I'm, you, you mentioned Leslie, you said watch, you know, it blew, it blew your mind when you watched him sit on the piano and then the drums and all that. My moment like that was watching Ludwig Gorenson. He had like a genius video, the making of Redbone. And he did that. And I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh, how simple it could be. I mean, I I was already a musician at that point. But watching someone, I I echo your sentiment of watching someone do it piece by piece Mm. and realizing, oh, maybe I can do this, you know. And to touch on our relationship. Yeah. Collaborating with you has always been a pleasure because I, I actually I think it's because of how closely, I mean, absurdly close our music tastes are mm. because you will link me a song and I'll just discovered it two days prior because we were pretty much on the same Spotify algorithm. Mm. And I always thought that that's a big reason why we work well together because if most of the time, if I come up with it in my head, it's something you're into just by happenstance of who we are. So I do think that's a really lovely thing about us when we work together. Yeah, I agree. I think that's like, you know, with this, big project that's coming up you know you you're a part of every single track and it's you i think when people hear it or see it (laughs) without telling people too much about this project i think people know you know i think it's (laughs) (laughs) um but you know this this project that we've worked on you just you i think it's the perfect kind of like pairing of you and me and but also this has you know your your signature on it as well like that matt mcwater's signature which comes across which which makes this project you know for me my this is my proudest body of work because it just feels like something that i could never have made you know and i don't think i've told you this like in these words but i've always kind of like as a musician and i know yeah it's like self-deprecating blah 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 and i understand that but for me i was always like i'll never be at that level of like musicianship of that my peers are because you know, I know my limitations and that's okay. You know, there's people in my circle that are just musically so gifted that I could never by myself get my music to that level. You know, it would never, it's impossible because, you know, I just don't have the musical prowess. So it's been like a real privilege to, to work with someone like yourself to help me, you know, put out a body of work that just feels extremely polished and refined and, yeah, I'm just really excited for people to hear it. That's a really sweet way, or that's a really sweet thing of you to say. I couldn't agree more, I or uh, agree less. No, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> and I would say it's especially nice collaborating with someone like you because, you know, we, we may be collaborators, but we've also connected over personal struggles and chatted as friends for so long now that it's it's more than collaboration, right? Like, mm. it's it, it's nice to work with someone you respect, which I have an um, incredible amount of respect for you, despite the fact that you you know, you you discuss your limitations, but it's even nicer to work with someone who you trust and ha- mm. and have connected with. And we've had a history of connecting with each other over the past 
I'd say I think it's been almost five years. Yeah, crazy. And so it's been an absolute pleasure working on this project with you. Yeah, I can't. I, can't, I know for both of us, <laughs> we can't wait for people to hear it because it's yeah, it's been a long definitely. process, you know, because with um how you know things work with production and and uh, logistics and stuff like that. But it's really close, everyone. But yeah, I think like you know, I wanted to talk about. Just quickly, one of our first projects that we did together, which was under the moniker Please Wait, which is, you know, our name for our duo. Yeah. And I think that was like our first real body of work that we put out together in 2016. Might have uh, been, might have no, been 15? I think, I think 18. 2018? Okay, well. Yeah. But, you know, that one has probably one of, you know, when it comes to Matt McWhorters and Taku working together, probably has one of the biggest songs that we've done together, which is Flight 99. Yes. Oh my God. Featuring Masego. And you know, for those, I think it'd be cool just to talk. I don't think we talked about this previously before the podcast, Matt, but I'll just bring it on you. (laughs) You know, I think like (laughs) if the process behind Flight 99 was super interesting and also really easy because, and I think it's kind of like a testament to how we work together as well in this kind of situation where, you know, you had this demo which was pretty much fleshed out at what Flight 99 is, right? Yeah, yep. And I was just like, a lot of the time when I hear your demos, I'm like, there's literally nothing I can do to this to make it better. <laughs> or like, you know, I wouldn't say, oh, Matt, maybe we should try it. But this, this one was just like, it's just, you know, beautiful as is. Why overcomplicate it? And I, at that time I was like, because you and I were singing over, you know, our own music as Please Wait. And that's another thing, you know, working with you has helped me kind of like use my voice more and be comfortable as a singer-songwriter, which is something we'll get into when we talk about, you know, your trajectory as an artist, as a singer-songwriter. But mm-hmm. I was like, you know, this beat is too nice for me to to to, to whine over myself. <laughs> we <laughs> oh, should man. find someone that like, you know, could really kill it. And then I was just like, you know, the homie Masego, let's, I'll just reach yep. out and see if he's down. And I think when we sent it to him, he sent back like a one take kind of thing, which was flight yep. 99. And we were like, man, this is, is making music this easy? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I think we had a few rounds of like, you know, us working on building it out a little bit more. Like, why don't we try this? And then Sago just, you know, put down another recording and it just kind of happened. And I don't know, that kind of process I really loved, you know. Can you tell us a little bit yeah. about like that process and working with Masego, who's like a huge, you know, musical artist now? I, I always have it's always an honor to be part of any Masego project. But yeah, Fly ninety nine, what's your story on that one? Yeah, no, that was an amazing time because, you know, you, you've had a lot of success in your life with music and, and you're actually you've had a lot of success with a lot of endeavors. But back then around Please Wait, I was still, you know, trying trying to figure it out. And so to have you send this demo which you're right it was such a simple like okay here it is like maybe we sing over it maybe we send it around to have you send it to Masego who at the time I was a huge fan of and have him come back relatively fast with that with that one take was just astounding and I remember it was already good and then when he went went back to record more takes he also did like harmonies and he you know I think he eventually had his sax in there at the end and I, yeah, I just remember being blown away by, you're right, how simple it all came together. And there's something to be said about sometimes the best music comes together fast mm. while the excitement and the fire is still there. And that was definitely a moment like that. And I don't think I'll ever forget being in the car with my brother 
when we got that clip and playing it for him, who was also a big Masego fan. And I was just being so elated. It was a great moment. Yeah, it's it's amazing, you know. I mean, that, that track now is almost at, you know, 20 million plays. And it, yep. you know, when you think of these songs that just happened so quickly, it really is about momentum, hey. You know, when it comes yeah. to making music and adding ideas and, and, and keeping the flow, momentum is everything, you know, because you just have this excitement of like, oh, wow, we're creating this awesome thing. Let's just keep it going. And a lot of the time if you do that with a song and you take a break from it, I mean, when you vi- revisit it, it could be a great time, but it's just, you miss that spark. And I'm always one to be like, you know, this is, this is good. And this is good enough to like put it out there. And I, I've always believed that, you know, laboring over things just take away the magic away from it. And that was just a nice example of like that spark of creativity that just led to this really successful song, you know, which I think 100% is kind of like the, the testament of you and I working together, which I think we've, you know, what makes it really fun is just that we're just quick to kind of like share ideas and to bounce off each other. And I think this project that's coming out is really kind of, yeah, symbolizes that. And a lot of things happened yeah, during the writing of this project, right? Yeah, there was a lot of ups and downs as well. Oh yeah. You know, I'll never forget being in the middle level. of, um, yeah. I'll never forget being in the middle of writing one of the songs that is a more, has a more like, down tempo mm. i guess you can't say too much about it but it's a more down tempo lovey sort of song and then going through a personal loss yeah and that just was tough. not being able yeah and i you know we spoke a lot about it back then i and, just think uh, it couldn't it, being, you know you're working on a song that was yeah like you said it was down tempo but it was about you know love yeah and yep. features you know a friend of mine, Elena, who's going to be on the podcast soon as well. But it was just like probably the worst song you could be possibly in the middle of (laughs) for yourself. And you're totally right. (laughs) I remember it's like, man, you know, I, we definitely need to let Matt heal from this because, you know, at that point, the project was more than just me. It was, you know, us creating this, this thing. So, yeah, Yeah. it's just, uh, I think when this project comes out, it's going to be cathartic for you and for me. Because, you know, 100%. it's just a, a lot of things happened during that time. One of the songs I want to talk about on this project is, you know, kind of off the back of, you know, Flight 99 Masego. It's one of the songs on this project that Matt and I did together features another really big, you know, in my opinion, and then probably in everyone's opinion, he's just an amazing, iconic figure is, is Questlove. So Matt and I have a song with Questlove. <laughs> That's it. And we should end the, we should end the, po- we should end the podcast yeah, that, there. See ya. <laughs> yeah, we're done. Goodbye, everyone. Yeah. He's just, he's, you know, if anyone that doesn't know Questlove, you, you must be under a rock, but he's just such an influential person and an amazing figurehead in music, full stop. And it's, yeah. it happened the similar way. You had this amazing demo and, I remember I, the same thing kind of said, I just said, you know, this, this is just so beautiful and sweet. We just need to get, you know, people of a certain caliber to match the caliber of the song and yep. Questlove and the amazing Milan ring from Sydney are on this track together. But yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about way out? That's the song name. Yeah. You guys will hear it soon. I'm sure. But yeah. Tell us a little bit about way out. Yeah, first of all, I'm extremely excited for everyone to hear it and like eternally grateful for you for having you have me and him and Milan on the song. 
the awesome experience and maybe more about how it came together. I remember, you know, I'm a huge fan of like the Soul Quarians, you know, Voodoo, The Roots. And so I remember when you said there was a chance we might be able to work with him on the song. I remember thinking, okay, channel your Neo Soul, channel this, channel that. Not to pander, but, you know, these are genres I love. And so I think you sent me some drums. I wrote it out. I wrote a chorus. And of course, I'm insecure about the singing, but I sent it to you and you loved it. And that's always the first step in a great uh, Regan and Matt collaboration. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> right. And then I think you sent it off to Questlove or maybe Milan first. I don't remember exactly. But I remember she did an amazing oh, man. verse. That Her I'll take never is forget. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, because she she also she went in that direction, mind you. She, she you know she she can do neo soul in her solo project a little bit too. But I just remember she went in that perfect direction mm. to really bring it home. And then yeah, of course you sent it to Questlove. He loved it, and I remember me and you kind of fangirling on WhatsApp for a full day or two, <laughs> just messaging each other about how amazing it is. It was crazy, uh, yeah. Because yeah. I think the early yeah. demo like, for full transparency, and I don't want to, I want to respect Questlove's privacy. But sure. I, I had a drum take from Questlove back in the day that he did <laughs> in his studio at uh, Radio City because he has his own studio in the back of um, the Fallon show. And <laughs> when I got that a few years ago, I was like, man, I can't believe I have drums from Questlove. Like, right, yeah. This is crazy. Like you, like you, I always looked up to, to Quest and the Roots and, you know, Soulquarians, and he is so influential in so many projects that, you know, that we might not even know about that he's been a part of. And it's just crazy. And yeah, Questlove, I don't know. I, I met him. I remember I met him. The first time I met him was, so here's a long story short. I, I went to amazing retreat at Jazzy Jeff's house back in like 2014 when he did the playlist retreat. And I'll never forget it because he would just bring musicians and beat makers from around the world to his, to his home in Philly. And he's got a huge house, so like this huge, like staying on his ranch. And I just met all these pioneers. Like I was just this, you know, Polynesian kid um, amongst people like James Poisoner, um, Lord Finesse, Questlove. You know, I was waiting for Will Smith to roll through. <laughs> Jazzy Jeff, the man <laughs> right. himself, yeah, young guru. And I was like, man, this is why am I even here? And then anyway, I met James Poiser at the retreat and he again is another amazing figure in soul music that's been a part of so many projects and he was like yeah come through to the fallon show next time you're in new york and i was like okay wow. <laughs> so i went through the fallon show and he was like yeah uh, i'll come get you from downstairs you know i'll put you in a seat and then we we watched the fallon show and like henry cavill was on superman i remember he walked past me in the hallway and i like almost peed my pants no i'm just kidding <laughs> um, and then he went and introduced me to the rest of the crew and, and then, you know, Questlove was like, yeah, I love, I'm a fan of your beats. And I was just like, what? Like, why, why, why Amazing. would you? So that's where I started. Amazing. And then anyway, he invited me into the studio. He's like, I want to show you these demos. And I was like, why is this guy being so nice? But that's literally who Questlove <laughs> is. He is actually the nicest, most influential person I've ever met. He just is so such a normal person and just is just such a gracious and nice person. Anyway, fast forward to like the, the drums. I remember when I sent them to you, Matt, and you just laid down this amazing kind of like demo and your voice, you know, in the chorus is just super beautiful. And then we sent it to Milan. I remember when I yeah, sent that right. back to Quest, he was like, oh, this is amazing. I want to re-record the drums. 
And yeah, then yeah, yeah, yeah. he re-recorded the drums and it's on his Instagram. You just need to scroll back and I've saved it for myself. But he ended up finding <laughs> out this, you know, new way to record drums in his studio that he was super gassed about and he sent me a video. And I was just like, man, it's just so cool to be part of like your hero's creative workflow, you know? And then when he sent back those new drums and we mixed it, that this song is one of the, you know, ones I'm really excited about um, for this project. Because it's just, again, that really, you know, that spark of creativity, right, Matt, where it just happened from an idea, sending it to you, and then, you know, you doing your thing, and then Milan doing a thing, and then back, back, back to Quest doing a thing, and then you and I just, you know, getting the finer, fine-tuning it, and then it just being this really highly collaborative track that just, you know, touched five different cities around the world, which is just, you know, none of us have met in person yet do you know what I mean yeah we haven't met in person yet it's true we were supposed to do you remember in uh right as covid part two happened a year or two ago yeah crazy but um yeah no a lot of the songs on this project are like that though I feel like it might be fun to map out all the cities each song has been to random idea but I feel like it's it's definitely an international project that's for sure definitely and like just speaking about like, you know, the project and you as a musician too, Matt, just to wrap up, like yeah. tell us a little bit about like Matt McWaters. Cause like even when we started making music and t- today, I've, I've heard your, your solo music evolve into this amazing thing. Can you tell us where you're at musically now? 100%. Yourself yeah. and like what that sound is and as Mick McWaters, where you want to kind of take it because. I think, you know, your music is definitely one to watch for those that are listening. Yeah, again, I appreciate that. Yeah, as you know, especially based on the, all the demos we've worked on together, for a long time I was doing very, like, traditional, like, indie or alt R&B. But somehow over the past couple of years, I've really found my own in retro soul. And, you know, listening to, like, the greats, like, you know, Rick James, James Brown... More recent people like Charles Bradley, Monophonics, Kelly Finnegan, you know, to throw out a billion names that maybe nobody knows. But yeah, and, and so I've been I've been really trying to head towards like a 70s soul and funk kind of direction. And uh, we've been keeping a lot of it under wraps, but we're super eager to release like pretty much a full project after the project with you comes out to time it, you know, sort of as like a momentum thing. So yeah, I'm super pumped and uh, I'm, I can't wait for everyone to hear both this project I'm working on that we worked on and the one I've been working on with my friend Ryan O'Grady. Oh, Ryan. A local, yes, which he's on song or two on the project. So he's on every song on my project. We're, we're almost a band. Amazing. Solo work right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think people Ryan's that are listening great. definitely, you know, check out Matt's music now and then the, you know, the project that we, we've worked on together and then your solo project. And I think they'll hear like this kind of like evolution of Matt McWaters, <laughs> right? Because that's so true. Yeah. A lot of the demos yeah. you've been sending me for your solo project are sounding insane. And it yeah, sounds like you, you know, you've gone to an LA studio session with like 20 different session musicians, but it's all you, <laughs> right? And you're, yeah, it's all me and Ryan. And your dear grandma's piano. Yeah. We, yeah. We didn't touch on that. Mm. Uh, I was, I, I meant to say earlier that in that time where I was going through a moment of loss, there is a it's meant to be moment because that's when I inherited my gra- my late grandmother's piano, mm. which now features heavily on the whole album. Mm. So maybe taking a little space sometimes is all you need. 
Yeah, amazing. Well, Matt, yeah, I just want to say thank you, bro, for spending time with me. And um, thank you as well for, you know, helping me become the artist I've always wanted to be. And, you know, I'm looking forward to working with you more in the future and looking forward to your solo project. But, you know, I'm really excited for people to hear this project coming out because it's, it's just, you know, a tr- true collaboration in, in, in the truest form, you know, of working with people around the world that I admire and um, you're definitely one of them. So thank you for being part of this journey for real. Thank you for having me, Regan. It's been amazing. Hi, man. Are you going to go have some poutine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Right uh, Toronto, before, man. man, Toronto food is like fire. Like just, there's so much. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. Like that's the they one thing everything. I remember. They got everything and everything is really good. Like, yeah, they got all these like hidden spots. They got these bougie spots. But yeah, well, I'll get out there soon, and we'll, we'll go eat. Yeah, that'll be lovely. I'll have you anytime. All right, brother. Talk soon. Take care. Welcome home. A podcast by Taku. Taku.